Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. If you're applying to medical school in 2022 to start medical school in 2023, join me Wednesday or Thursday, Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, or Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern at premedworkshop.com. Go register today. I'm going to show you how to tell your story in your application. Again, that's premedworkshop.com. If you are applying to medical school in 2022, be there or be square. The Medical School HQ Podcast, session number 24. Welcome back. I'm your host, Ryan Gray, with you for another session of the Medical School HQ podcast, the podcast about medical school, where we take you through the pre-med process, medical school, and even through residency. We're here to take your knowledge of becoming a physician to the next level. Today, I have an awesome interview with Bowtie Ben, and I'll explain and he'll explain why he has that nickname, Bowtie Ben, during the interview. Ben is a fourth-year medical student as of the recording. He's on to bigger and better. He'll graduate from medical school here pretty soon and go into his residency, and he'll explain all that during the interview. Before we get started, I want to remind you that the podcast doesn't end our communication. I want you guys to interact. We want to know what you guys are thinking about the podcast and about the interview. We've been hearing some great stuff. We want to keep getting some great information from you. We want to keep hearing what you think. There are three ways to do that. You can follow us on Twitter at Medical School HQ, and you can send us some tweets about anything you want to hear about. You can email us, feedback at medicalschoolhq.net. Or you can go to the show notes for this session and leave a comment. And the show notes you can always get at medicalschoolhq.net slash session 24. So any of our sessions, you just type in the session number at the end and, and you can go to our show notes and leave a comment. One thing that I've been doing recently on most of the podcasts is thanking the people that are leaving reviews in iTunes. And you can leave a review for us. If you find this information useful, we would greatly appreciate it if you would go into iTunes and leave us a review and a rating. Five stars would be awesome if you think we deserve it. The way iTunes works is they will rank us higher and, and more people will be able to see us and download our show and, and we can spread the, the pre-med love and the med school love uh, to as many people as we can. So 
We had two new five-star reviews this week. One was from Jim in Virginia. He said, most excellent background for anyone interested in the medical field. And the other one was from H. Chun 301. He said, excellent and informative, he or she, said excellent and informative both for pre-meds and med students. So thank you to those two people for leaving feedback. You can leave feedback by going to medicalschoolhq.net slash iTunes, and that'll bring you right into the iTunes interface to, to click and leave a, some feedback for us. So let's get to the interview. And I want to just give you a reference on why I invited Ben Acevedo onto the show. And it's because he's a medical student who runs a bow tie business. And one of the things that we always try to preach here is the fact that you need something outside of school, outside of medical school, outside of pre-med, outside of residency to give yourself a break. We need a break as, as humans. We, we can't be on 100% of the time. So you need something to distract you and, and to refresh so that you can hit it hard when you go back. So I wanted to talk to Ben and, and find out from him if he thought having his bow tie business has helped him during medical school. And he'll answer that question during the show. But to start, we talked about when he actually decided he wanted to become a physician. I actually decided pretty late. I went into college very undecided. I've always been a person who's really interested in many, many things and diversely active in a lot of different areas. So going, I went to school at uh, University of California, Berkeley for college. And um, I was really involved with a lot of great things, including marching in the Cal band and um, doing, being one of the yell leaders for the football game, basketball games, and was really into sort of a lot of the, the go bears spirit stuff. Um, a lot of fun, had um, a good time living in the dorms. I was sort of a peripheral part of the Greek life there. And, um, and then, and just enjoyed a lot of the classes I took, including um, especially anatomy. Um, so that kind of um, got me interested. I followed one of my professors, um, Dr. Marion Diamond, um, into her neuroanatomy class and uh, really enjoyed that. And so it was kind of opened up my eyes to um, this world of medicine and just thinking ahead into what um, it would be like to be a doctor. I knew that I liked working with people. Um, I liked doing sort of service work and um, being able to volunteer, and I liked traveling. And so I knew that being a physician could get me in touch with all those things. And then I was also a really big science geek, so um, just geeking out on all the um, physiology and anatomy and um, things like that was always fun. So um, it seemed like a good fit for me. I actually didn't go directly to medical school, though, after college. I took uh, three years off to travel and um, apply, and then once I got in, I actually deferred another year. That's uh, that's almost exactly my story. I, I took three years off, applied, got in, and deferred another year. Oh, cool. So so you said you started late. When, when was that whole neuroanatomy time 
in your undergrad experience? I finally declared biology as my major in my second semester of my junior year. So I didn't, um, and I, even then I didn't really like saying that I was a pre-med just because of the rap that pre-meds got, I think, in my classes. So um, I think that I kind of kept that to myself, but I enjoyed the science of it. And I, I think I was um, sort of quietly in my head thought that being a doctor would be, would be fun. I didn't take the MCAT, for instance, until after I graduated from college. Um, I took it that summer. That was when we were still doing handwritten tests. Um, so, uh, so I took it then, and then and the week after that, I left for Cambodia to do a, a year of uh, work and service and travel. Wow. Yeah. So for, for other students that might be listening that are kind of later in their college life and are now thinking, oh my God, I want to be a doctor and now it's too late. I, I missed all these classes and the, I'm totally off on the timeline. Yeah. What, what did you do to figure out exactly what you needed to do in the timeline starting as late as you started? Well, I mean, first of all, I'll say that having come to med school now, I realized that I was probably... Mm, maybe even on the early end of things uh, now that I look at it. So um, there's a lot of my classmates that, you know, graduated in something um, completely different than science and um, went back and did a postgraduate, post-baccalaureate um, program or other other ways of, you know, doing pre-med courses and getting in and are older than me graduating from med school. So, um, so I think even, even now, now that I'm experiencing it, I'm realizing I'm not, I wasn't actually that late per se, but, um, I think for me, you know, what was lucky was that I was doing biology as a major. So I had a lot of pre pre pre-med prerequisites there. And I, because I had been thinking about being a physician, you know, for a while, I had just gone ahead and taken those biology classes that were going to, you know, also fulfill a pre-med requirement. So I wasn't what you'd call like a hardcore pre-med coming into meds, coming into college or um, coming into um, even my junior year of college. But, um, but I had sort of been made sure I kind of covered my bases on those things. So maybe as far as, you know, people who are looking at, you know, they're a junior or senior in high in college and thinking they might want to get into medicine. I think, you know, pursue some of the classes that you can in college if you can still get into that. But also, there's just a ton of, of people that decide to go into that uh, later. And um, there's a bunch of really amazing programs set up for that kind of thing. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm not the expert in that, but uh, probably along on your blog, you can probably find a lot of that good information. Yeah, a lot of the, the post-bac stuff. So that's yeah. interesting. Okay. So... You took the MCAT and then you uh, left and you did some work, some volunteering uh, mission type stuff, I'm assuming. Yeah, it was, um, it was actually through that same um, professor, who uh, Marion Diamond, who had started a program in Cambodia for um, children who were living at local, um, a local orphanage um, in Siem Reap, Cambodia. And... Um, so I kind of 
used her connections to, to get over there. And I volunteered at a children's hospital in that town and uh, worked with her program, the, the boys and girls that she was educating out there. And I uh, just spent about six months out there living there and kind of um, exploring and then liked it so much, I decided to extend my stay for another six months and traveled, um, sort of backpacked around through Southeast Asia uh, for the rest of the year. That sounds rough. <laughs> yeah, it was it was the the exact life of a 23 year old that I would could imagine I'd want to have. That's awesome. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. Okay, and all along when you're doing this stuff, you you knew in the back of your mind that going back into medical school was in your future? Well, I, I wasn't actually, I was kind of leaving that up to the MCAT to decide for me. Um, I got that about, mm, I don't know, maybe two or three months into working in Cambodia and it was a, it was a respectable grade. So a respectable score. So I knew I could get in if I wanted to. So then that's when I started to, to turn the wheels on, on when I should apply. Okay. What did you think about the the application process, especially being somebody that was out of school at that point? Yeah, so the application process, I would say um, it was a it was a pretty big bear. I mean, I, just getting the first um, application in, I remember being in Bali, actually, it was the end of my trip, um, and I was about to fly back home, and I it was getting t- close to, was it June, I think, is when we do those, yep. the primary application. So um, I would, and I was writing my personal statement. So it was like, um, that was like the big thing I wanted to get done while I was in Bali. So my, my schedule in Bali would be like, wake up, like go jump in the ocean, surf a little bit maybe, like have breakfast, and then go to the local McDonald's and sit down with my small keyboard that I took while traveling in my Palm Pilot and like tap out my um, personal statement. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, you know, party in the evening with my friends. So um, that was kind of, that was kind of cool. And I got it all, I think I, once I got back to the States, I got it all put together and, and, and put in, which I thought was, you know, great and almost done. But those secondaries are, at least at the time, I'm not sure how it is right now, but uh, they were very intense. So I, I kind of almost felt like it was, I think I was, I was doing some, uh, like tutoring as a part-time job and I was living at home and, um, and also I think like trying to learn how to lift weights and work out, like just wor- sort of working on personal stuff during that year. And I kind of say when I tell the story of like, you know, my years between college and med school, it's like that year I feel like was dedicated to applying to med school. <laughs> It's true. Uh, it's it's a job in of itself. Yeah. So I mean, I think that was and that's the way I remember it. Anyways, it just took so much uh, time and so much work. So, um, and you know, just fl- even flying out to interviews and stuff like that takes a lot. Okay. Yeah. How did you choose what medical schools you applied to and wanted to go to? Uh, well, I I knew I wanted to go to um, places where there was. I wanted to go to a city. I was I, I really love culture. Ever since um, my family moved to France for a year when I was seven, um, and I learned a whole new culture and language there. And I've just always been into traveling Europe and Asia. Then um, I just really wanted some place that was really interesting uh, culturally. So and cities are 
you know, kind of fascinating to me and they always have a lot of great culture. So I kind of um, narrowed it down to a few cities that I wanted to apply to and live in. Um, I also wanted to make sure that where I was going was a place that, um, you know, had a need for service and um, where I could sort of get my hands dirty with volunteer work, um, which I enjoy. And um, what were the other requirements that I had for, for places where I applied? Um, I think that was, that was mainly, I was focused on, on where I was going to live and, and kind of what the environment was going to be like. Okay. So that brought me to New Orleans definitely fit the bill on that. Um, very interesting cultural city and um, a lot of need. It was right after I was applying pretty soon after Katrina. It was about a year and a half after Katrina. So um, I knew there was going to be plenty of things to to get to work on and things to help out with. So um, that's what kind of drew me here. Did that worry you that it was so close to Katrina and the kind of infrastructure of the school and and if they were able to support uh, medical students at that time or possibly another hurricane coming through? Did that worry you at all? Yeah. I mean, I think that um, when I first heard of my friend deciding to go there, she went there, I think, the year before, year before I was, gonna, was applying to go. And I was like, oh, my God, like, really, are they, you know, are they even back up and running and things? So um, but I kept in touch with her and um, she seemed to be very confident with it. And I, I felt like I'm always kind of the person where it's it's like, hey, you know, let me help out. Let me see what's um, going on. I like I like to get, you know, get busy with, you know, improving things. So I felt like it would be even fun to, to try to get things back on speed. And it has proven to be um, interesting to, to see what are the things that have been slow to come back to this med school? And I've actually been able to help out with, uh, with part of that, um, as a significant portion of my research and, um, kind of my mission at the school during my med school year. So that's been really, really fun. So I think that, um, I was a little concerned about it, but, um, in having talked to people that were going there and coming out to interview here, it was, um, it seems even more like the place I, sh- I should be at. Okay. And you ended up there. So, I did, yeah. So, I mean, I was looking at a few other, you know, I was looking at other big cities like, um, DC and New York. And, um, then I applied to the UC- university of California schools as well. Um, so there was other, there were some other options on my, on my brain, but this was the one that worked out for me. Okay. Yeah. What was it like for you, having taken so much time off, coming into the medical school curriculum where it's sink or swim? Yeah, that was big. I think it was tough. I think it had been a while since I had great, you know, done some studying, um, some serious studying like that. So it was it was a little bit weird. But you know, I came in so fired up. I was I was so excited to get back into med school and get to you know, this is something that I feel like after you've gone through that application process, you've done the MCAT and all that stuff, and you're just ready to get in there and, and work. And I was ready to work my ass off when I got here. So I was, I was really excited about it. And that helped me a ton. And I think, you know, if I have one piece of advice to, you know, incoming 
first year students is to like just use that energy because every every student has it. I mean, every student who applies and gets into med school, you know, wants to save the world, and that's all we really look for on your medical school application um, is do you write that on there? And and you do, then you know, then you're a candidate and. You come in with that fire and energy, and it's awesome. I mean, it, it can really take you a long way. So, and it did for me. So, I think it's sometimes it's difficult to just ignore some of the more um, jaded, you know, second, third year students um, sometimes, and just um, and not and not let that affect you. But um, but I was fired up. Yeah. So. That brings us into kind of surviving med school, and you have a nickname, Bowtie Ben. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How the heck did you get involved with bow ties? Well, the bow ties, um, when I first moved to New Orleans, this was the first time I'd seen real, like, actual tie-it-yourself tie bow ties, um, and I'd you know, I'd seen, I'd worn a clip on bow tie actually in the cow band in college. Um, that's part of our uniform. Um, but you know, coming down to the South and seeing these beautiful bow ties that people could tie up and then, you know, loosen at the end of the day, it was like, wow, that's really fascinating. And I'd never seen one before. So, um, at the same time, um, as I was trying to like learn some of the cultural things about New Orleans and getting, you know, getting to go to some of these white tie, Mardi Gras balls that they have down here. And it's just an amazing place. New Orleans is, um, just trying to get to, to see this stuff. I, um, I felt like, you know, I just, I wanted to dive right into the culture and, and get to, and get the feeling what, what it was like. Um, and part of that was the bow ties, which I was fascinated by. Um, and at the same time feeling, I was also feeling really, um, a little bit one-sided, I have always been into doing art and doing creative things in my life, you know, whether it's um, artistic, um, you know, drawing or painting or um, when I was in high school, I used to make longboard skateboards um, out of plywood and, you know, make them for my friends and, um, you know, just get creative with stuff like that. I always loved the wood shop and, Things so, but I was when I dove into med school, there was there was nothing like that in my life. I I think I had kind of decided, okay, this is this is med school. It's time to really focus on on my on my science here. And um, at the cost of you know my right brain activity, which is what I call it, um, you know, sort of the creative stuff. So um, I really needed something to work on, and it happened that I had. Um, some time at home, uh, and my mother had taught me to sew when I was a kid. So she's and she's a great um, quilter and uh, sewer. So she, I busted out one of her sewing machines and pulled out a silk that I had bought in Thailand when I was traveling there um, that I hadn't really figured out what I was going to use it for. But I pulled it out and decided I was going to make a bow tie, and so I made one, and um, and that was how it all got started. Do you think that the the art that you're creating, the the kind of time away from studying in med school, do you think that's helped you through med school? Absolutely. I think it's just been 
a way for me to put, for one thing, activate a different part of my brain, which I really think is, is vital for me. Um, second of all, to put some things in perspective, um, you know, that, that if I want to make bow ties and, you know, do something creative, um, then I, it allows me to pull myself out of this, you know, studying, um, stressful, um, environment that I've put myself into in med school and to see a lighter, different side of, of, of life. And so, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's just cathartic to just come home and, you know, cut up fabric. And so, um, and then third, I think what's been great is that I've been able to meet a bunch of different types of people through the bow ties that I would ever meet, um, in just being involved in medical school or, you know, the medical side of things here in New Orleans. So, um, New Orleans has this wonderful fashion, creative, group of people. I mean, it's always been a very artistic city and now there's a really great push of, um, phenomenal, phenomenally talented young talent in, um, in the fashion world. So, um, getting to meet those people and getting them to influence my life and being able to, you know, pull myself out of medical school and the medical world for, for even a moment, uh, in the evenings when I'm working on these ties has been just really relaxing. Okay. And you don't do the ties just for yourself. You actually run a business with them. Right. So it all started as just me making one tie for myself. And then a friend liked it and said I should make a few more. And then I started to wear them and people wanted to buy them. And so I started to make more and more and go shopping for fabric. And um, that was a lot of fun. And so I just kept that up. And it was it was sort of a word of mouth little hobby that supported itself um all the way up until about um a year and a half ago or so when i decided to turn it into a business okay what are your future plans with the business well i'm working on that ryan um the right now i'm sort of trying to figure out what's the best thing for it i know that I can't keep doing, you know, being as involved as I am with it now. Um, once I start residency, I think that um, I've always looked at residency as a place where I'll really, really be able to um, learn hands-on, and um, that's where it's going to be a big, steep learning curve, and I'm going to need to really, you know, focus. Um, so, you know, as much as I will probably continue to do art and maybe even make bow ties myself. The running the business, which has been an extremely great learning experience for me, um, has to kind of take a back seat. So I'm, I'm deciding, I'm trying to figure out, you know, how I can encapsulate it and either hire someone to manage it for a while or, um, or get somebody to sort of buy in and be a managing partner. Um, you know, the other option is to sell it or to close it. So I'm still deciding on that. Oh, all right. So it's not like it well maybe it's not like maybe it is did did you have did you ever have a thought of hmm maybe I'll put this the the medicine on hold and see where the bow ties take me Well I think a lot of people 
love to think about you know that option um but i've never i've never felt like that was where i was going with this i mean um you know the business which is called new orleans bow ties was inspired by the city of new orleans and um the creative and exciting things that go on here so um it's always been kind of my my artwork my dedication to the city and then also has allowed me to activate my right brain be creative and um learn a ton about things that i would have never been exposed to in medical school like marketing branding you know accounting uh just a lot of the things that are required to run a small business um so those things have all just been it's it's been sort of a means to of of learning a lot of these things that I didn't have access to, um, and I've really appreciated that. But when it comes down to it, I'm not a fashion person. I, I I'm not um, you know I'm not somebody who's really dedicated to um, creating a a brand like Ralph Lauren. You know, um, I'm really focused on public health medicine. Um, and, and I think this is a great way to connect with people and, you know, be, you know, provide myself with some interesting things to work on, but, um, really, really medicine is my true passion. So, um, I think that, you know, it's, it's probably time for me to really focus on that now. Um, and, uh, you know, but a lot of, I think a lot of people like you, like you just said, have, have been like, well, you know, there's a lot of people doing medicine, but bow ties, you know, like nobody's doing that. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, what's your future for a residency? I'm headed to Scripps Clinic Green Hospital in La Jolla. Okay. I'll be doing internal medicine. La Jolla, California. Yeah, La Jolla, California. California is pulling me back. Nice. All right. Where can people find you online? Uh, they can find me at neworleansbowties.com, www.neworleansbowties.com. Um, my Twitter is at Ben Azevedo or at Nola Bowties, N-O-L-A Bowties. All right. So that was Ben Acevedo, also known as Bowtie Ben. Again, everything that we talked about, including all the links to find him on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Those are all in the show notes, which you can get at medicalschoolhq.net slash session 24. And as Ben answered in the interview, he found it very helpful to have something outside of med school to expand his horizons uh, personally and intellectually and kind of helped him through medical school. So hopefully you guys can find something that you're interested in, have a hobby, go out and exercise a lot, do something to to get your mind away from school for a little bit, and I think you'll all benefit from it. That wraps up another week here at the Medical School HQ. I hope the information provided today will better help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. We'll see you at the next podcast. Until then, go check out the website, medicalschoolhq.net.